0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: And uh, Friday night, great service is Saturday. And then on Saturday afternoon, our last speaker was Brother Arnold. And Brother Arnold got up and uh, he announced his topic And he preached on hearing the voice of God. I took that as confirmation. And uh, I'm certainly not going to even attempt to re-preach what he preached that day. But I think if there's anything we need in this hour desperately, it is to hear from God. We need to hear from God. The book of 1 Samuel 3 and 1. The Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli, who was the priest, was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, what a tragedy! where the ark of God was. So Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord called Samuel, and, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli. The Lord called, but he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calls me. And he said, I called not, I called not. Lie down again, and he went and lay down. And the Lord called again yet, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. He answered, I called not. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. He was just a child, remember. Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. Amen. God will speak to us Amen. if we will listen. He will. Amen. You may be seated and thank you for standing in reverence to God's word. I realize that I've had a couple of weeks to think about this and I'm sort of asking you to jump off the deep end with me. But this is often what we find happening in the life of young Samuel is often the classic response from someone that does not know Or from someone that is not familiar with the voice of God. There can be a prompting of the Lord. And I'm going to speak to people today. And and I'm going to trust that that I know there's people here that can relate to this. I'm going to trust that we all can. And if you've never experienced this, then I want you to... I've come today with the word of God to kind of file down the nerve endings in your spirit so that we become sensitive to these things because sometimes God will prompt. He will stir and he will move and he's trying to get our attention and if we're not careful, we'll go after the wrong thing. We'll do the wrong thing. Now, I don't know if this is appropriate or not but, uh, but just forgive me for not having a better illustration but many years ago, when, when we first started pastoring, we would feel this stirring of the Lord. And many times, we would interpret that as something being wrong. And so you get this stirring of the Lord, and you feel, you know, I feel stirred. I woke up, maybe my wife and I both have said this, I woke up today very troubled. Well, we would kind of attach that to just, there must be some trouble, bro. Now, I'm being honest here. And so you just kind of bat down the hatches and you just get ready ready because you don't know what's fixing to happen. And then sometimes that was the case, but many times it wasn't. And then we begin to learn that just because the Lord stirs you doesn't mean he's stirring you because there's war. He may be stirring you because he needs to speak something into your heart and into your life. And so we need to hear the voice of God. But so often the classic response is that when God stirs us, we only know how as flesh to respond to flesh. I'm not being critical of of Samuel because he was just a child and we all have to learn. But when the Lord spoke, he went to the only voice he could relate to. That was the voice of God in his life. That was his, it was his what we would call pastor. <laughs> and so he, he heard that was the voice of God in his life. And so he, he went to Eli. He, what, what, what do you need? And Eli said, I didn't call you. And this happened three times and finally it dawned on Eli. Sadly, Eli was in such spiritual debauchery himself until he didn't even catch it the first time, his own self. But he finally, it dawned on him, hey, this is the voice of God that is speaking to this young child. And so he instructed him, this is what you do. The next time you feel that prompting, don't get up and run in my room. Don't come wake me up. The next time, don't respond flesh to flesh. But the next time, you just stay right where you are and say this, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth." And so what, if we're not careful, we can feel stirred of God and then answer that stir with just merely doing something with our hands or doing something with our flesh when God is really trying to get us to do something with our spirit. He's trying to speak something into our heart, He's trying to speak, breathe something into our spirit man and we are just responding with flesh, and we can't just go do something because we feel the prompting and the stirring of God because we need two things in our lives to go hand in hand, and please hear me. We always will need the prompting of the Lord to stir us to action. But after that, we need the direction of the Lord so that we don't just run amiss. I want to be stirred, but I want to be stirred with direction. Elijah was stirred many times, but he was stirred with direction. He said, I want you to go to the brook of Cherith, and when you get there, I have already commanded the ravens to feed you when you get there and they will take care of you. And then the Bible says, in time, the brook dried up. Elijah felt stirred again. And he said, but that stirring didn't come without direction. That direction then said, go to the widow of Zarephath, because she will take care of you when you get there. It seemed like a bleak situation when she arrived. She's gathering sticks for one last final meal for her and her son to die. But he said, I've commanded, this is, she's going to take care of you. And so you make a cake and you, he said, and you make for us, for for me first and then we know that God blessed her and it was a lesson not just for her but it was a lesson for Elijah as well. But another time, if you keep reading that Elijah got stirred but he got stirred this time and moved before he got direction. The next time he got stirred and prompted he just ran under a juniper tree. God didn't send him there. Amen, the Lord didn't send him there. The Lord didn't say, go here and feel sorry for yourself and go here and consider taking your own life. He got stirred without direction and he just went after the prompting and the stirring and so I say, Lord, help me today and help us as a church, amen, that we will not just be stirred and then just start doing something with our hands to appease, hopefully, the spirit But when God stirs and prompts us, I want to be still, and I want to be careful, and I want to wait on the direction of God, the voice of God to speak into my life. Are you okay today? Amen. We need to be stirred. Yes, we need to be stirred. But we need direction in that stirring because God's church doesn't need to be like a bunch of scattered sheep running around not knowing where to go, not knowing where, uh, where, where, the, where the gate is, so to speak, but we need to be stirred and prompted by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost and then allow that same Spirit to give us direction that we need in our lives. The Spirit of the Lord may stir us to a higher place in his kingdom and we may answer that call if we're not careful with our hands and not with our heart. Amen. I don't want to get just stirred up and feel like I've got to do something with my flesh. I hope, I pray that you are getting what I'm talking about at least in the passion that I feel it in my heart. That is the most natural responsive man, I understand, is to do what we can do within our own ability. But I wonder what would happen if we could just march into the presence of the Lord and say, God, amen, we need you right now. We need you right now. Sometimes... I must resist, and sometimes you must resist, the the temptation to merely engage ourselves in some form of activity without having precise direction from the Lord. Amen. We need to know what we're going to be doing. A sure call. We often come to church to speak to the Lord. I think that would be a safe assumption, wouldn't it? That we come here to speak to the Lord, whether that is in prayer, whether that is in praise, whether that's in worship. Whether that is in the word, we have come so that we can speak to the Lord. Amen. However, the question is, is how often do we come into the presence of the Lord to hear him speak to us? I'm not being critical, but I am speaking from experience that our praise and worship can go on and on and on and on sometimes. And that's all right. And then all of a sudden you feel this just subtle, sobering spirit that comes in like God wants to speak to us. And if we're not careful, we're at such a hurry in that point, at that time. Instead of staying tuned in to what God is wanting to speak to us we kind of check out and we lose interest and our mind drifts here and drifts there. But I'm gonna tell you something. If the Lord was gonna show up and speak today, no matter how softly he whispers, I wanna lean in with everything that I have, I must get this. I must hear this. Hallelujah. I, I must get what the spirit of the Lord is going to say. I don't wanna come in and do all the talking. Amen, do we walk into the building and, and then make, make us the center of attention? Make it all about me and, 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 and me and mine and, and, and what we're doing here. I'm gonna tell you something. I appreciate everything that we do and I appreciate everything that's going on even in our annex right now. I'm thankful for all of that. But we didn't come here today to make this about us. Amen, I hope you didn't come here today to make this about you. We didn't come here to make this about us. We are not the center of attention. You are not the audience. I am not the performer. You are not the audience. And these singers and praise worshipers are not the performers. Hear me today. Amen. That that heaven, heaven is the audience. And we, we collectively are the choir. Amen. We've come to entertain heaven, not to be entertained ourselves. We didn't come here to fold our arms. Amen. And say, well, I hope this is what I like today. I hope this is what I want today. Hey, the spirit of the Lord is in this house and so I must make sure that I hear what God is saying in this hour hallelujah Eli had enough sense in his near backslidden stupor condition to say this is what you say Samuel this is what you say next time you hear that he said speak Lord thy servant heareth and when he heard Samuel, Samuel he knew, he knew speak Lord thy servant heareth and God wasn't teasing him, God wasn't playing with him but the word of the Lord began to speak into the heart of that young man who went on to leave indelible footprints in the sands of time. I'm here today to tell us that we must come into this house and not make this about us we have some promises number 7 and 89 number 7 and 89 I know it seems kind of uh, like a given but let's just look at it the Bible says and when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him he's gone into the tabernacle now to speak with the Lord when Moses was going into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him Listen what happened. Then he, Moses, heard the voice of one speaking unto him. Moses said, i gotta get into the, I got to get into the tabernacle. I've got to speak to the Lord. He meant I don't think Moses went in there with a blank chart in his heart. I believe Moses knew what he was wanting to say to God. I believe Moses had some things that, I'm not talking about complaints, I think Moses had some things he wanted to, maybe he, maybe he he had thought about saying you're wonderful, Maybe he had thought about saying you're the counselor. Maybe he thought about saying you're you're so majestic. I love you and I praise you, but when Moses went into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with the Lord, the Bible says then he heard a voice. He heard a voice of one speaking unto him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of the testimony or the ark of the covenant from between the two cherubims and he spake unto him. I'm going to tell you that if we will come into this house and our fullest intention is that we are coming to speak to God, amen, and we're here, we're coming to hear God speak to us. I didn't come to see who's driving what, I didn't come to see who's wearing what, I didn't come to see who's got the latest and the greatest gadget or gadget, but I came here, amen. I don't, it doesn't matter to me who's doing what, it doesn't matter to me who's saying what. I didn't come here to be seen and heard of men, but I come here to speak to God. Amen, and if I can come in here to just sincerely speak to God, I know that God will speak to me. Amen, Moses said, I need to talk to you, Lord, but what he didn't realize was the Lord was saying, and I need to talk to you, Moses. I got some things that I want to share with you as well. Hallelujah. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Moses, Moses, Moses shh, I got something I want to say to you. And he spoke to him. Amen. I want you to listen carefully. While he went to speak with the Lord, the Lord spoke to him. Though Moses saw no image, and he only heard a voice, yet he had the fullest proof that he was standing in the presence of an almighty God. Amen. This was the way that God chose to manifest himself to man during this particular dispensation of time. He he, he spoke to God, he spoke to man, rather, with his voice. He meant no one had seen the image of God. No one had seen an image of God. He he just spoke with his voice during this dispensation. However, the scripture says, but when the fullness of time was come. Amen." there was gonna be a day that it wasn't gonna be just the voice of God. There was gonna be a day that it wouldn't just be the voice that would cry out uh, of, of the clouds, so to speak. The Bible says in John 1 and 14, one and one you know in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God and in verse 14 the Bible says and the word was made flesh that flesh had a name his name was Jesus he was born in Bethlehem's manger amen he was born to a virgin Mary he was born to a man named Joseph that had enough integrity to raise a child that wasn't even his amen amen He had enough integrity. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what Joseph was. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna tell you what Joseph was. Joseph was the steward of Jesus Christ. Amen, when someone, he knew the truth. He knew the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He knew he wasn't the biological father of that boy named Jesus. He knew he wasn't the biological father of that boy working beside him in the carpentry shop, but he never let him go without a bread. He never let him go without water. He never let him go without clothes he never let him go without shelter I'm going to tell you today amen the church is not ours and these souls are not ours you know what we are we are stewards of these hallelujah we are stewards this is not my church amen you're not my saints hallelujah God has just given me stewardship of the church and stewardship of you hallelujah I want to make sure you got bread I want to make sure you got water I want to make sure you got shelter I want to make sure you got clothing hallelujah Why? Because we need a place to hear from God. We need a place to hear from God. Amen. I hope this is not... I hope this is not out of order but I I said many years ago I've shared this publicly don't mind sharing it again please don't take this as an apology but I was in my office praying oh God I need you to help me I need to know how that we can grow as a church I need to know what to do as a pastor it was a prayer a self-examination amen it was not a poor old pitiful me prayer I was laid out with God I was laid out literally in in my office saying God I need you to help me and if the Lord has has ever spoken to me, if he has ever impressed anything in my heart. He, Amen. The Lord spoke to me and just said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Many of you have heard this story countless times. I got up from my office right then. I drove all the way to Gainesville. I went to a trophy shop and I had a sign made for the over the office door, in my over the door of my office and many of you have seen it, that when I pass through that door, this is what that sign says. I will pass through this door to face my ultimate challenge. This is a reminder to me. Amen. Every time I walk out of my office, I'm not coming here to impress the Smiths. I'm not coming here to impress the Joneses. I'm not coming here to make sure I get this one shook their hands and and hug this baby and, and on and on and on. Hear me. I'm not trying to be rude. I've got a challenge when I walk through the side of the door. And that challenge is feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Hallelujah. Oh, (laughs) oh (laughs) hallelujah unless you think Lest you think that I'm standing here bragging before you today, God, help me and forgive me if you think that. But I'm telling you that that is one thing that I take so serious. I may laugh and joke about a lot of things. I may find the humor in everything that I can possibly find. But I'm going to tell you there's one thing I take serious. And that's when I stand behind this desk. I want to make sure there's some food in this on this table. Amen. I want to make sure there's some feed here. Why? Because that's what God placed in my my heart will play when it's time to play and we'll sing when it's time to sing and we'll have good times when it's time to have good times. But when it comes, time to break and open the word of God. Amen, there is nothing I'm gonna take more serious than that. Feed the sheep, feed the sheep. Amen, feed the sheep. You know what we say around the house all the time? You know, those you folks who live out in a rural area may happen other places, but you know, they're just stray dogs and cats and everything. They're always just showing up at the house. And so, what we always say is, whatever you do, don't feed them. Because <laughs> if you start feeding them, they're going to keep hanging around. I mean, you, I mean, you just, it ain't got to be much. You just throw a bone next to you knew. They're laying out in your dog's igloo. They're just, they laid up there high and dry. Like that's where they blown because you started feeding them. I found out something a long time ago. If you have church and you just make sure there's the meal on the table when people get there, amen, people will keep coming. Amen, they'll keep coming. I'm not, oh, I feel, I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about me I'm talking about the mandate that's on this pulpit I'm talking about the mandate that's on the ministry of this church that we gotta feed the sheep and how are we gonna feed the sheep we can't feed the sheep if we base our sermons off the last line of gossip or if we base our messages off the last thing we read here or the last thing we read there I gotta get my message off the altar I gotta get my message between those cherubims oh brother I gotta hear the voice of God come over the cherubim I went in to talk to him but he started talking to me and I I have got to get a word from God I've got to get a word from God oh the mercy seat since God spoke answers from this place and spoke to Moses as it were face to face hence the place was called the oracle or the speaking place and as this mercy seat represented the Redeemer, so the apostle says in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world. Therefore the incarnate Christ was that true oracle or that voice that speaks to us speaking to us John said I don't want to confuse you here but John said if, if everything were written that could be written the world couldn't contain and so the only way God has to speak to the church beyond the book is to move in our presence and speak to us through divine appointments amen Every preacher in this house knows when you started preaching, at times, doesn't happen every time. You started preaching and the anointing of the Lord began to move, and all of a sudden you're saying something, it's not on your notes. All of a sudden you're saying something it's not out of a book you read. All of a sudden you're saying something it's not a thought or a conversation you had the day before. But God anointed a mouthpiece for that moment, the voice of God. And so that's what we need to know when we come to church, that you didn't just come to hear a preacher perform, whether it's me or somebody else. You didn't don't go to camp meeting to hear a preacher perform. Don't go to camp meeting because of whose name is on the bill. Don't go, don't, don't go here, don't go there, so that you can maybe get your Bible signed by some hero. It's all right to have mentors and heroes of the faith But I'm saying when we walk in these doors We need to say today I need to hear the voice of God And you know what When the devil knows you're coming to hear the voice of God He'll do everything he can do to antagonize And to frustrate that process Yes he will Yes he will I've said this often But I'll say it again Amen because it bears bears being ground Into our spirit Don't ever, don't ever let anybody stand behind this pulpit and struggle to preach the word of God. Amen. This is a spiritual battleground. Am I right, gentlemen? This is a spiritual battleground. Amen. When, when somebody stands here to declare, amen, these timeless truths, the devil wants to frustrate that process. And so, if somebody's struggling, that's not the time to say, well, I'm not going to get a whole lot out of this. No, no, no. That's the time to say, wait a minute. The devil's not going to interrupt the voice of God in this house. And we're going to lean in and we're going to give some amens. We're going to give some hallelujahs. We're going to slide to the edge of our seat, I'm not talking about just showboating and doing stuff for a bunch of nonsense, but I'm talking about breaking down those spiritual chains that are trying to bind the strong man, amen, you know what, that's what the devil wants to do, is bind the strong man, amen, he wants to bind the strong man, I hope I can do this and, and be alright here today but what the devil wants to do when we come, I can't do that, can somebody hand me a bell, amen <laughs> it's not for reasons you think, I've got my microphone all hooked to me so I can, him, can I get you back? We're fixing to find out Amen, the devil wants to bind the strong man Amen, that's what he wants to do If he could, let, if he could just come into this house And let the preacher stand in the pulpit Amen, let it, he, it's alright He don't care if the preacher stands there That's our protocol But if he can just bind the strong man If he can just bind the strong man Amen, but I wonder I wonder I wonder, I wonder in the very instant that you begin to feel like somebody hand me a knife. Amen. That somebody is binding the strong man. I wonder if the very instant somebody sensed that somebody's trying to bind the strong man, that somebody in the spirit would run up and say, I'm going to cut that cord. You've got to get that off my strong man. You've got to get that off my strong man. You've got to release him in the name of Jesus because we've got to hear the voice of God. This is not about another sermon. This is not about another song. This is not about another service. This is about hearing. The voice of God. The voice of God. I got to bind. I got to bind that strong man. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. So, somebody somebody, don't sit back there and watch some preacher or some pastor struggle amen, trying to wade wade through mud amen, somebody needs to get up out of their seat spiritually and say you're not going to bind my strong man, you're not going to bind my voice, you're not going to shut the voice down, why I got to hear from God, I got to hear from God, I got to hear from God I wonder how many I wonder how many would say I am not going to let the strong man be bound in my life I'm not going to let the strong men be bound in my life. I've got to hear from God. I've got to hear from God. I've got to hear him speak. Hmm. the spirit I feel like pastoring right now amen brother Arnold did say this and it did strike a chord in my heart and I will repeat it amen he said what what is wrong in our churches today he said as we are Suffering from the absence of tongues and interpretation. Now I'm going to tell you what I know about us. We have battled this now for a long time. There's some people in this house that have that gift, but you're bound up in fear. You're bound up in fear. And so message will come forth and we are bound by fear to give that message out because we're saying, well, I'm afraid it's just gonna be me or I'm afraid it's just gonna be flesh. And you know what? It will be you and it will be flesh because that's what God chose to answer. Amen. And that's what God chose to use. I'm sorry. Amen. But you're never gonna be able to bring that gift into fruition if you don't exercise that gift. And then the church has gotta be grown enough that if something goes awry, we're not going to burn the house down. All right, all right, all right. If somebody takes advantage for that, and this has all happened through the years somebody got a message, gave a message in tone, somebody else interpreted it, thus saith the Lord, and they just kind of fixed the little problem they had in their life, pretended they was God. See, I didn't just get on this boat. I've heard a little bit of it all but I'm, what frightens me is I'm afraid I haven't heard it all and I'm afraid there's yet some to hear that's scary but God wants to speak and this is where we are at at a frustrating point in our church spiritually I'm not calling anybody to anything but I'm preaching the truth and we got to break through that because God wants to speak to us Amen. Speak, Lord. Thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. And you know what? There's order to that. And I'm not giving a Bible study on the gift of tongues, but there's order to that. One, two, three times. If there's no interpretation, we know how to move right on. It doesn't mean that person was out of order. does it mean somebody missed the will of God. does it mean that we're just going to move right on. There's order and decency. Amen. I'm I am I, I'm in'm I'm, my notes are here and I'm in another zip code but I'm just where I need to be here today because we need to hear the voice of God amen. and I, I don't want anything to bind somebody that may have a word for us amen we have guest speakers I I know you probably figured this out but we don't have guest speakers just one right or the other after the other and I'm not saying anybody's wrong for doing that but I, I want I want a, to know who's going to be here speaking and standing behind this but B, I, I don't want to just be having church to have church. If somebody comes, I want to feel like they have got something for us or that we have got something for them because it's a two-way street. Yes. And I think it can happen simultaneously. The voice of God. Man, I do not know how you guys pull it off doing this one service on time. <laughs> they're they're they, they pay better attention to me than I pay attention to me because I'll get on to <laughs> yeah. he looks abused, don't he I found it a little bit disconcerting while ago when I just ma- merely made mention that I needed a knife for an illustration and our youth pastor had about a fourteen inch blade. did y'all catch Did y'all catch that? I'd have understood, you know, some little dress, you know, little tiny three-blade Sunday morning old-timer or something. He comes whipping out a switchblade. It's like, wow, do we. We got problems I don't know about? That explains all these little speakers in all these guys' ears. They're there, all watching here. I'm sorry. The Lord. Therefore, spoke. Now let's go to Numbers. I do want to. I do want to get to this point, and, and I'm just going to tell you, I, I won't be preaching in the second service at all. And I, I'm not trading off. I just not. I just feel this is what I feel today. Numbers eight and one. Let's look at this. Again, this may kind of seem like a you know well sure kind of scripture, but just bear bear with me for. Bear with me. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, and say unto him, When thou lightest the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light over against the candlestick. (sighs) Just leave that there. At first glance, in no wise, that seemed to be like a profound word. But consider, really with me if you will, What he's saying, he said, Aaron, when you light the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light. Amen. So he is saying, if you will light the lamp, there will be light. The lamp will do its job, but you got to light it. So Moses, you tell Aaron, don't just walk in there and whistle. Walk around with your hands in your pockets and look important. He said, when you get in there, light the lamp. And when you light the lamp, the lamp will take it from there. <laughs> the lamp knows what to do from there. The oil. There you go. You see, the in that lamp was the oil. And when you find oil in Scripture, that is the anointing. And so when we come to church and we fold our arms and just say, Well, I hope they get it all going. Uh Uh-uh. He said, If you'll light the lamp, you bring some fire with you, Aaron. You bring some fire with you. I know we go sometimes just waist deep through hell in our own personal circumstances in life and we come to church and don't hardly know which end is up, but I tell you what, with all of our problems and all of our peril, one thing we ought to do when we come to church is bring some light. Amen, it may not be much But it don't have to be much It don't have to be a big torch or a flame But he said, Aaron, if you will light the candlestick If you'll light the lamp The lamp, I'm putting this in our language The lamp will take care of itself It knows what to do from here There's oil in there There's anointing in there And then the tabernacle will be illuminated Amen, there will be light And when there is light, there is revelation Amen, are you hearing me today? What we need in this 2014 hour I'm I'm telling you, I grew up hearing this. I grew up, I cut my teeth on this. So I know what I'm preaching about here today. About men and women whose testimony were. I was sitting in church and the spirit of the Lord moved on me. And I saw the revelation of the oneness of the Godhead. I saw the revelation of baptism in Jesus' name. I saw the revelation of holiness. Amen. I saw the revelation of separation. I saw the revelation of walking with God. Are you hearing me? today, I'm going to tell you there are men and women in the church this morning that weren't raised in church, they knew nothing about God, they knew nothing about anything but the power of God like Paul on the road to Damascus a light began to shine down and revelation, hallelujah I revelation revelation, amen I am not I am not trying to negate any responsibility to preach, teach, or talk about the word of God. But I'm gonna tell you what we need in this hour. We need the spirit and the anointing of the Lord to move by way of revelation in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. If God, if you get it from God, nobody can take it from you. Amen. If you get it from God, nobody can snatch it back because you got it from God. Amen. Amen. And so we need some errands to light the light. Musicians, come, please. We need errands to light the light. And if you light the light, the oil will keep it going. The anointing will keep it going. And the more that thing comes up, the more illumination. And the longer that goes, the more illumination, the more revelation. I believe in home Bible studies. I believe in our outreach ministries. I believe in our in-reach ministries. I believe in our Sunday school. I believe in our children's ministry and our student ministries. But what we need is some lamps of revelation. I I, I, I know this is a well-worn path, but you have to consider this. It is well worth considering that Paul didn't grow up in the church. Saul grew up killing the church.
0: Yes, he did.
1: But he had a revelation on the road to Damascus. And the end result of that revelation, I know I mentioned this just a service or two ago, but the end result of that revelation was if any other man or even an angel comes preaching any other message, you let him be accursed. You know why? Paul could say that because of the source of where he got it. And it matters where you get things from. I've had people come to me with cold, hard facts. I was well, like, where'd you hear that? Well, it was a friend of a friend of a friend. They had a third cousin, four times removed. When you get information that far away, it may not be accurate. But when you get it from the source, I I, I feel this in the Holy Ghost I'm telling you there's people in this house that have the Holy Ghost that serve God a long time that needs to pray for a revelation because at some point in your life the devil's going to come along and try the foundation upon which you're built he will try you and if you're just leaning on your mom and dad or you're just leaning on a pastor or you're just leaning on this or leaning on that he might be able to pull that rug out from under you But if I get this for myself, amen, I I, I get this for myself because somebody come into the tabernacle And they came there with a purpose, and that was to light the lamps and let the lamps do their thing. And so let's come in, hear the voice of God, and let the Spirit of the Lord minister in this house. Can we stand? Hallelujah. Sunday, Wednesday, never a time, never a time that we come in together that we don't need the power of God to shine in our lives. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. Amen. I feel like God has spoke to our heart here today. Amen. I think we need to entertain his presence. I think we need to entertain his presence. Thank you, Jesus. You know what preaching ought to be followed by? It ought to be followed by demonstration. It sure should. Then Dem- preaching ought to be followed by demonstration. <laughs> not, not for me to validate the Word. Amen. If we're preaching about the Holy Ghost, it'd be very fitting for somebody to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. It would be. We're preaching about healing. It'd be very fitting for somebody to get healed, to validate, the preach the declared Word of God. Amen. Right now, the enemy is trying to frustrate the spirit of this right now. Amen. Right now, somebody needs to say, you're not going to bind the strong man here. No, 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 no. You're not gonna bind the strong man here. The devil wouldn't love nothing more of me right now than just to sit down and change the order of this service. But I'm telling you, God wants us to step into something. Hallelujah. God wants us to step into something. He wants us to step in.